I got it day by day, and that's the way you'll get it. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Bracken, for inviting me. Uh, I, I thought he was taking a, a big risk, and now I know it. What a joy to be here with all of you that I've never met and to be with those that I have known for some time. That's like my family. And to see you here, my heart leaps. I don't feel uh, like what I wanted to. I wanted, when I was introduced, to come running and flying across here with the mic and just speaking with utterance that you wouldn't even understand. (laughs) But I'm a slow starter. I thought some back there might say amen. Uh, But sometimes it takes me a while to get uh, stopped. But it won't happen tonight. I want to... I want to share why I'm waiting on something to happen. I'm waiting for that little man down inside that does those flip-flops to get me started. So I'm going to uh, start out by telling you something about me. I, I, I know the Apostle Paul never backed up of telling about on the road when he first saw the light. And that's why I'm here, is because of an experience similar. And uh, when when I started speaking, about I, I have so much that flies through my mind till now it don't I got, I got too much and so uh, I want to tell you how I got started and how the Lord saved me what all He's done for me in in just a few minutes but it's not going to happen that way so uh, I'll just take my time if you don't mind uh, uh, I was born. In Alabama, uh, one fellow told me, he said, I forgive you. <laughs> and I have forgiven my parents. I didn't have no choice in it. So that's where I began life. And it wasn't an easy life. Uh, I left home when I was 14. Very abusive life in every way. Uh, And I caught a freight train and left home. The train stopped in Pensacola, Florida. Stayed there a while and went to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Stayed uh, there a while, and joined the army when I was 17. When I was 20, I met a girl in Mississippi. My parents had moved to Mississippi. My brother, just younger than me, was going to school, and she was in the same class with him, and graduated in that class, and. She told me she loved me. 
I told her I loved her. It's the first time I ever experienced love. I had never been cuddled. Uh, I'd never been told I love you. And I thought, as far as I knew about heaven, if that's what heaven is, heaven's come down. We married April 21st, 1950. I was stationed in Fort Knox, Kentucky. I immediately was put on orders to go to Husan, Korea, and say goodbye to her. And in July, I landed in Tucson career, and never had been to church, never knew nothing about God. I heard there was a God. I heard there was a Jesus. And just in a short time, on September the 6th, 1950, I crawled out of that hole. Dead men everywhere. I cried out. I said, oh God, whoever's up there, I've heard there's a God, I've heard there's a Jesus. And if you're up there, that's who I'm calling on. I don't want to go to hell. I confessed everything I knew to confess. I I knew that you had to confess sin. So I, I confessed confess so many I think I made up some. <laughs> it started feeling so good. You know we preach that you're not saved by feelings. But I tell you, it's sure good to have it. And some of you have stirred up some in me, and even though I can't run, I'm running on the inside. When I was pastoring in Palmer one time, I couldn't get any amen, so I made up me a cue card. And I, I'd hold it up. It wasn't long they was holding them up. back in that hole to tell two guys that I'd met God because I had a feeling and I couldn't talk to him. There's, there's a warfare that goes on in us and you need to detect who's doing the talking. And that voice was telling me you can't live a Christian life. So I jumped out of the hole and run back over there. And I said, oh God, I know you heard me. But I can't live a Christian life in the army. He spoke to me again. He said, I'm God, you be the man. And from that, I'm here today because of that voice. I learned a voice that got me in trouble. I learned a voice that always took care of me. And I began to follow that voice. Didn't know anything about God. Didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Ghost and talking in tongues. Raising the dead and healing the sick and casting out devils. I didn't know anything about it. But I do one thing. I read it in the book. I had a little testament that was given to me when I started overseas. And I read it in the book that he died for me. So I guess you can say I got saved on the credit. Because I never heard it 
And I never read it. But He saved me. And He forgave me. I'm still affected by what happened that next year. Well, you see, on the way up there to, to the front line, I was on the back of a truck riding into the battlefield. The fire was flying anyway. I could hear the sounds and see the flashes. And I asked everybody on the truck, I said, do you know how to find God? No. I asked a, a major was sitting there. I got over by him. I said, sir, can you tell me how to find God? And he said, sorry, Sergeant, I can't tell you. I said, why? Don't you know? He said, well, I used to know. But he said, I'm a backslider. I said, what's that? He said, well, I used to be a Christian. said, I went to Bible school with Billy Graham. I said, who's that? He's a preacher. He described it. He said, I just wish I could uh, go to church and hear the organ play and walk down the aisle and shake the preacher's hand. And I said, sir, I don't want to know Billy Graham. I don't want to know no preacher. I don't want to walk down no aisle. I don't want to shake no preacher's hand. I want to find God. After finding Him, I learned very quickly that He loved me. Because He would speak to me like dodging bullets. They couldn't hit me. The shells covered me up and I crawled out. The month never touched he would speak to me and say, go over here. The shell would hit here and kill my friends. And I was safe. So I knew that he was with me. It came a compelling force to me to, to tell somebody about it. Every man I met, I told about it. I believe it, I'll know pretty soon because, you see, I don't have... If the Lord tarries, I don't have as long as a lot of you, but I'll know pretty soon. Because you see, at the judgment seat of Christ, we'll be judged for those that we told about Jesus. And I'll find out how many. But I would say, on an average of 365 days, there was at least 365 men that accepted Jesus Christ walking there. The, the colonel, the major that didn't know that. Oh, I forgot my Bible. I gotta have this. That, that major that didn't know how to tell me to find God come driving up in a Jeep, or he had a driver, came up in a Jeep and I saw him. And I, Ran over there, and he was having a staff meeting with his officers, and I interrupted him. And I said, sir, do you remember me? He said, yes, Sergeant O'Mary, I remember you. I said, well, I just want to tell you that I found God through his son Jesus that died for me. He, he turned around to that captain and said, are you his commanding officer? He said, uh, he's a, Sergeant O'Mary is a personal friend of mine, and I want him treated as such. I wish he had never told him. He tried to make it hard for me from that day on. And I won't, won't take the time to tell you. I'm telling you the start of it, how it started with Jack O'Mary. It was in a foxhole in, in 1950, September the 6th. And when I came back, you see, I wrote Marge and told her that I found somebody that I love better than her. Don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. But I had never been loved so much, but I told her, I said, I love you more because of loving Him.
On, I told Brother Bracken this the other day, and Brother Bracken, it, it, it bothers me yet that God called me to preach, and I put him off. But, in, in his calling, I had seen men that profess so much and preach what they wanted to preach. And there's always a counterfeit, you know. And it, I didn't want to, I want the genuine stuff. And I, I want to make sure. But I knew sure. And I was on, I was post sergeant of the guard in Fort Hood, Texas. Posted the guard. I took Marge to the hospital. We lived on base. Took her to the uh, hospital. Posted the guard at the gate, stockade. Went by the house. We lived in a trailer. We didn't have a trailer house. And I got on my knees and I said, Oh Lord, I want you to be with Marge. I don't want to have a normal, healthy child. And I, and I started telling him what I wanted. And, and he said to me, I've called you and you won't answer. Now you can call me and I won't answer. I didn't wait for another sound. I was on my way to see that pastor. When I got there and told him the story, he said, you'll be preaching Tuesday night. I've already got it lined up. He's already told me he was coming. I go back out to the hospital. And this little girl sitting right over here was handed to me. And Marge said, happy birthday, that's the best I can do. I'm telling you all of this because I want you to understand I love God more than anything in this world. When he told me, he said, love not the world, neither the things in the world, I understood that. I understood that he wasn't trying to take something away from me. He was trying to keep something away from me. And this, this is the thing that it's hard to get through is that it's God in you, the hope of glory. That's what I want to use for a, a subject tonight. Uh, Ephesians 1, 27. And this, this Christ in you, the hope of glory, had been hid in God from the foundation of the world. Now you think about that. How long have you been on God's mind that He was going to call a man named Saul and send him to preach this gospel? Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want to, I want to, I want to, uh, get into this a little bit, but I, I want to tell you something before I do. Uh, I heard somebody say, I heard a preacher say, I was in the congregation, and he said, I just read some statistics and said, uh, I hate to tell you, but 90% of you won't even remember what I preached this morning. Tonight, you won't even know what I preached this morning. He said, the statistics show that the congregation forgets what is preached by the next service. 
He came to me after service and said, what do you think about it, Brother Jack? I said, I don't remember a thing you said. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you something now that you're going to remember something that I said because I'm going to tell you that if you don't believe this book, how many believe this book? Hey. Wow. Wow. Some of you don't. Okay, if you believe this book, and if I say something tonight that you don't believe, tear it out. Or take a marker and mark through it, okay? And then when we get through, I want to see it. I want to see if your Bible is still intact. Now, you'll remember I said that, so i just, I just throwing that out for remember. Because I don't, I don't believe anybody's going to tear it out. But if, if it's in here, we want to obey what he says. Now, I spent six and a half years in the military. And uh, when I was a kid, I never had the option of disobeying without punishment. Maybe that's why I got punished all the time. But when I went to the Army, they told me, all you do is salute and say, yes, sir. When you're questioned about something you've done wrong, yes, sir. No excuse, sir. Yes, sir. No excuse, sir. You know, that's a pretty good way for a Christian to be. You could never say, it was him. I didn't know what I was doing. No excuse, sir. I found out that following the orders was the best thing that ever happened to me in combat. And when I came back to the United States, I thought everybody was Christian. I didn't know but one kind. That's born again. And making a difference who you were, what color you were, what race you were, uh, what creed you were. I, I, I never, I'd met anybody to argue with me there that they made fun of me, they laughed at me, they did all those kind of things. But they didn't when that colonel was around. Before I forget it, Billy Graham came over to Japan. That colonel flew over to see him and, and got, got back right with the Lord. When I came back and started going to church, they told me, you're not saved. You wasn't baptized right. So I go to another church. They say, well, you didn't hear the word. You didn't, you can't be saved. You didn't even hear the word. I got through with all that. I said, oh God, this is worse than combat. (laughs) But I knew Christ was in me. And that was the only hope I had. Marge got saved five days after I got back. She would cry and pray every night, but she couldn't, she couldn't believe. Devil had her thinking it was going to see a light and all those kind of things that you believe is going to happen to you. And it, she couldn't just grab it and run. She put it off, you know. Uh, devil fighting her and after five days, she, she accepted Christ. We started uh, going to church, and she said, we go to this church. And she said, well, do you think I should 
uh, wear my makeup or take it off. And I said, honey, I don't think God cares what you do about that. That's, that's nobody's business. We go to church and it ain't that away. So she put some jewelry on. Well, she found out right away she wasn't supposed to have a little jewelry on at a certain church. And we start going to a Pentecostal church. And they talked in tongues. They cast out devils. But they said, you got to be careful when the devil's going out, he'll get on you. I said, wow! Where is he? Can't be no worse than what I've been through. Go ahead and cast him out. I didn't know about no baptism of the Holy Ghost, and they started telling me all that. I said, I had stripes all the way down, you know, uh, that authority thing. They tell me, you got to go to school. We didn't have no school in the foxhole. But I knew that Christ was living in me, and you couldn't make me doubt it. And as far as I knew, there wasn't anything more. And I see it today, and this is what grips my heart. It's that the churches today are preaching. That's all there is to it, is to get saved. And go to counseling and get rid of your problems. See a psychologist or psychiatrist and get on the couch. You need to go down and, and let them uh, put some oil on you. Make sure it don't get on your heel. Just, it's got to get on your head. And you'll start talking in tongues. Man, I don't want none of this. But I couldn't get away from it. I started searching the Scriptures more. When I read it, I didn't tear it out. I went to those that had it. And that's what they had was it. You see, the Holy Ghost is not a it or a thing, it's a person. And He, the Holy Ghost, when He comes, He'll speak for Himself. You can't learn it. If you, if you learn it and start speaking of what you learn, it's not of the Spirit. All you... Uh, I see Kenny Grin. Kenny, what did I tell you happened to me before I spoke in tongues? He shook it all out. He shook all the starch out. I danced in the spirit. I ran. I sang. I did everything before I ever received the, the tongues part. And, and when the tongues came, when the tongue came, he spoke for himself through me. I had read in the book in James uh, three that uh, horses have bits and ships have helms to turn such a mighty body. And if I'd yield my tongue, he could use it. 
And when He speaks, I don't even have to think. Because He's controlling my mind from my heart. When you got on intercession this morning talking about what you've seen, uh, you come over and I'll fill a book with you telling about that's that kind of thing. My life is filled with that the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because, you see, uh, I've had people to come to me and tell me, I'm a tongue-talking, uh, devil-casting-out, Holy Ghost-filled uh, person, you know, and I said, so what? That's what you ought to be. The devil ain't scared of that. But you see, when you've got the fruit of the Spirit, you don't have to worry about the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace, and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, temperance, and meekness. And that's the relationship that you have. Love, joy, and peace come from God coming to you. And... uh, uh Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness is your relationship to your brothers and sisters. And then that uh, uh, faith, temperance, and meekness is your relationship back to God and giving Him. You see, God didn't save you to take you to heaven. I thought that's what it was all about. No, He saved you to solve the death problem. When Adam sinned, He, he said, when you... When you eat of that fruit of that tree, you're dead, Doc. And we're dead because of what Adam did. Can I just say something here about... Can I say anything I want to? (laughs) You better be careful. You better be careful about what you do with this book. You see, see, people say, Adam, Adam's wife brought him an apple and he did eat. Don't say apple! Abel's brother took a knife and said, Don't say knife! Saul fell off of his horse and don't say horse or camel. I used to get Scott to read for me. Scott, read. You still got a King James Version? (laughs) Revelation 22. Uh, Verse 18, 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away the part of his uh, out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. You believe that's in this book? I didn't make it up, but he read it and you heard it. Why do we want to change it? You see, what I'm getting at, if, if you change those little things, if you change those little things pretty soon, you're going to be wanting to change the big things. And, it, and you'll find a scripture that, that says, Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him work with his hands that he would have to give to them that have not. And you'll change it and say, Let him that stole no more working with his hand that he'd have to give to them that have not. When we change the Word of God to suit ourselves, we're in trouble with God, and the Holy Ghost doesn't work that way. The Holy Ghost... Uh, came to me, shook the starch out. I wasn't afraid of the devil or nothing. One of the most dangerous places you can get in is to come and seek the Holy Ghost and desire power. And then when the Holy Ghost moves on you, 
That's a dangerous place you can be in as a Christian. Because the devil's going to fight you with everything he can. to go try to imitate him right there. And if you're seeking power, he'll give you power. But there's a genuine. We had pews. Man, I was, I wish I could run. I want to run now so bad. I don't know what to do. I, I hit, I hit a, I was running and I hit a pew and that, that pew went through that window and, uh, I said, oh, I stopped and I said, Pastor, I said, I'm so sorry. He said, I just got one question. Show me your shin. <laughs> I pulled up my shin. I said, what are you talking about? About four or five people run to the altar and got saved. I was in a, a, a tent meeting. They had a lights that was 14 foot high. And it was a moaning, groaning tent meeting. The people was just laying around moaning, groaning, and they couldn't spit right. They didn't talk right. They didn't walk right. Power of God hit me and I jumped 14 foot and knocked the light bulb out up there. And about five or six of them went to the altar and got saved. See, God, God can do anything through the power of the Holy Spirit. You start trying to imitate, oh, he scared me the other day. He said he was imitating uh, T.D. Jakes and I said, whoo! I've watched T.D. Jakes a few times. I had to quit watching him. He was so dangerous. (laughs) You see, see, what we really need is the power. Now I want to go... You can't get the Holy Ghost if you don't have Christ in you. He said, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and He'll send you another comforter. I'm going away and you can't see me no more. I'm going to, I'm going to leave you, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send your comforter. You see what He was talking about? I'm not going to orphan you. I'm not going to leave you an orphan. This is what's bothered me more than anything else today. Anything else in this day is that. So many refusing to acknowledge the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the power thereof because of the tongue. God, read that. I said some of it. Uh, James 3. He said that the tongue is so unruly, it's set on fire from the course of hell. But the Holy Ghost can come in and bridle your tongue and put a heavenly language through it that you don't even understand. And then you don't even have to speak it. At other times, he can with, with groanings down inside. And we don't see that. Brother, when I, when, when I first started out in Pentecost, you see, I didn't start out in Pentecost because of what happened on, uh, uh, through the Pentecostal experience. I started out because of what happened on the, on the day of Pentecost. And, when he comes in, he speaks for himself, and he will guide you and lead you into all truth. Scott, you've got it. James 3, beginning at 1. James 3, start at 1. I start at, uh, start at 4. Behold, also the ships, which through, though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds... Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor lifteth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, 
and boastest great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and every bird, and every serpent, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath that, been... That, that, that's okay. where I wanted to go. It's set on fire from what? From what? You mean you believe in hell? When did God make hell? I'm going to give you some Jack O'Mary. Chapter 1, verse 1. Satan was cast out of hell, uh, cast out of heaven. He didn't cast him to hell. Cast him out to the earth. God evidently didn't deem it uh, justice to send him to hell because he tried to overthrow him. But did he make hell then? Jack O'Mary. When he put his hand on God's family, I believe he made hell. You know the reason that? You put your hand on, on Jack O'Mary's family, uh, family and you... God said, okay, I'll just make your place to go and all those who want to follow you to go. I told a guy the other day, I said, when you think of D.L. Moody, what do you think of? He said, oh, he told what he thought of. I said, what do you think of? I said, I think of what he told that man. He was trying to get him to get Christ in him. He said, you need Christ in your life. You get Christ in you. Uh, that's a hope of glory. And, and this guy said, oh, I don't believe that. He said, go to hell then. I don't recommend D.L. Moody's uh, uh, method of evangelism, but you see, hell is a real place. Luke 16. The rich man woke up in Where did he wake up? He woke up in hell. He woke up in that place of torment. And he he cried out to Abraham on the other side and said, Father Abraham, please send Lazarus, the poor man. And he's over comforted in Abraham's bosom. He said, will you send him Dip a tip of water in my tongue. He said, I got five brothers back home. Let's send him to them and let him warn them not to come. Father Abraham said, remember, remember, he was treated evil and you fared sumptuously every day. There's a big guff here. And even though one rose from the dead... And went back. He didn't re- receive it from Moses and the prophets. He wouldn't receive it from the one rose from the dead that come back. You see, the remembrance is going to be one of the 
terrible things. And I tell you, when you do things, you remember. Peter was told, Jesus told him, that when he was telling Jesus, said, I, I, will, I won't let all these things happen to you. I will never, there are everybody forsake you. I, will, I won't never say. He said, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. The rooster crowed. What did Peter do? He said, Then I remembered. So you don't remember. You might remember everything I said except tear that out of the book, but it'd be better for you to remember what Jesus has said. And, and here's another, t- another time. You see, Peter was, was, the one that really brought the message of the power. Jesus told him, said, you go into Jerusalem, tarry until you be endued with power on how Acts 1 and 8. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And people are always wanting power. I like the way you presented that, brother. I told Debbie, I said, he set up what I'm going to say. I didn't know I was going to say it, but I'm saying it. When, when the Holy Ghost came, they were all in one mind, one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they were all filled. Where did they get this stuff that just the disciples were filled? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. But they didn't stay there. And it didn't stop there. It went from there out into the world. And you can... You can see it coming all down through, and just a, a few days later, uh, Peter and John walked to the uh, to the temple to the gate called Beautiful, and a man been laying there crippled, and he said, "Alms, alms!" And Peter said, "Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have." Yes, I heard that. Do you have it? Such as I have, give I thee. You can't give it if you don't have it. Did he have it? The man got up and he got him up and he, he went leaping and shouting and praising God and got cast into prison for it. They killed James. Uh, King Herod killed James, the brother of John, and put Peter in prison. And that ain't, that ain't as bad as, as, as what's fixing to happen to the king. He's in prison, an angel comes down, takes the chains off and leads him out, and has got an automatic gate opener out there. Don't need no power for coming from any source but from the throne on high. And the gate swings open, and they walk out of the city, and the first uh, uh, automatic uh, gate keep door that's ever been. Herod, taking glory, put on this robe. He's got, he got James dead. He's troubled now because Peter's got out of prison, but he, he sits in his royal, uh, garb. And the people say he, when he spoke, he said, that's not a man, that's a God. And he took glory and, and the worms eat him up. He fell dead. Which one you'd rather be? The king or Peter? Peter went to the house of Cornelius. He's on the housetop praying at noontime. Cornelius is, is a Gentile. He's not even worthy, as far as Peter's concerned, to receive the gospel. Well, not like the Jews did, because Gentiles were seen. And Jesus had told Peter, said, and the disciples go only to the household uh, of Israel. Don't don't go to them. It that was instilled in them, even though they knew that their message was to to go. It's hard. So he's 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 on the housetop, 
He's praying, and he falls in a trance. That's pretty powerful. That you say that's spiritual. He falls in a trance, and a big sheet comes down from God out of heaven, filled with four-footed beasts and all kinds of creeping things and everything, and said, "Slay and eat." And Peter prayed that not me prayer. I mean, in a trance, talking with God, and he said, "Not me." Nothing common and unclean is ever in my mouth. He's still talking to God that way. He said, I don't know. I ain't going to argue with that because I, I probably have done worse than that. I argued with God when He called me to preach. And it still staggers my mind. I had to hear them words that He said, you called me. Some of the worst words you could ever hear. Heaven shut off and you can't feel nothing. When you've had that relationship, it was, it was like, can't even touch him. Peter, Peter started going as Holy Spirit was working on him. He got over to the house of Cornelius and, and he said, while I speak the word, the Holy Ghost fell on them that heard it. They speak in tongues. This is eight, eight years. This is eight years after the resurrection. They ain't been nowhere. They ain't done nothing. They stayed with the Jews. Gentiles is not worthy. Peter walks in, you know, before he preached his sermon, and he said, I'm not like you. You're not like me. Carnator said, I was told to call for you to come. I perceive every truth that God's no respective person. And the Holy Ghost fell on him while he's preaching the word. He had to go and give answer to that. Why are they saying that it's all over with? You know, today, nothing to it. Powers, not in the tongue. I don't know why that they get hung up on the tongue. It's just a little member. You don't need to worry about tongue. If you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, quit seeking and start receiving and talk to the baptizer. Peter said, he said, while he was trying to explain it, he said, Then I remembered the words of the Lord. John baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days since. He remembered. It went on from there, and you see, this, this Holy Ghost power, come on, this, this great apostle, Paul received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and brought it to the to the Gentiles and the and the Jews still arguing with him and fighting and trying to kill him. And my time has run out. Wow. Have you got Christ in you now? It's a hope of glory. It's a hope of glory. And I'm gonna quit. I guess I got that issue. Come on, put your hands together for Pastor Jack. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, we want to take a moment to receive a love offering for Pastor Jack. And uh, he certainly didn't ask me to, but that's what we do around here. We want to give honor to the man of God. And... Uh, I felt led of the Lord to say this. Some folks, you don't know how this all works in churches, so let me explain to you how it works here. We don't have some set amount that we just bless somebody with, and that can work out fine, that's good and all that. But when we have our guests that come, everything that comes in the offering goes to the guests. That's how that is. That We don't just say, well, we're going to just give them what we feel like we should have. We're not, we don't do that. 
So when we have guests, we got Brother Tiff Shuttlesworth on Tuesday. Same thing will happen for him. We'll receive an offering for him. We have an opportunity to be able to honor this tremendous man of God. And, and I don't want to, he doesn't want any attention to him, so I'm not going to talk too much about it. All right, so that's just it. If you're smart, you're going to sow some seed right now. All right, praise God. Wonderful. If you want a, a record, record of your giving, then you can get an envelope. If you don't care, then it doesn't matter. That's fine. Amen. So let's just take a moment. Pastor Jack, you can preach. Praise the Lord. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, make your checks out to KC King's Chapel. We'll send him on with one check. The entirety of this offering goes to Pastor Jack O'Mary. O apostrophe capital M A R Y. I got it. Did you make your checks out to KC? We'll send him on with one, one check. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ushers, would you come, please? Gracious Heavenly Father, we we thank you for the gift that you have given us in the O'Mary family. For their ministry, for the fruitfulness, and for the ministry tonight, but ministry overall, all the years. This precious wife who's gone on to glory. Lord, you've seen fit to leave our brother here in the vineyard to continue to labor for you. God, we receive the word of the Lord tonight. And we bless him, honor him. Thank you that you called him, chose him, and appointed him to bear forth fruit, God. And that fruit remains. I'm looking at it. So many here tonight, so many even online, those that will listen later. So we bless him now. We pray that you would continually overwhelm him, give him strength, health, in every area of his life. In the matchless name. Jesus. Amen. Ushers go right ahead. Jack comes to pray.
pray for folks is this. Do you have Christ in you, the hope of glory? Do you? Can you stand before Him on that day when your name is called, when it's all over? It is appointed once for man to die and then the judgment, the Word of God says. Do you have Jesus on the inside of you? I hope so. You can know. If you die, God forbid, this night, are you going to find yourself in heaven? Is your sin covered? So well, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was a kid. And I, I, well, maybe you need to recommit your life to the Lord. Like that general did. New Billy Graham. No matter who you know, you've got to know Jesus. You've got to repent of your sin. You've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And then you're saved. The Apostle Paul said, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Have you called on Him? Have you repented? Have you asked Him into your life? Every head bowed, every eye closed all across this place and those online tonight, those listening perhaps by podcast. Have you asked Him to forgive you? Have you invited Jesus into your life? Have you ever done that for the first time? If you haven't done it for the first time, do it tonight. Say, but I'm not ready. You need to do it tonight. The enemy makes sure you never feel ready. It's not... You get ready and then you do. You come to Him just as you are. Then He loves you so much He refuses to leave you that way and He changes you. Have you ever given your life to Jesus? If you've never done that, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up. Or secondly, you've given your heart to the Lord, but you know darn well you ain't serving Him with all your heart. you got one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom. You have a life of compromise and you need to sell out tonight call it selling the farm. You need to sell out. You need to get right like that general. Going to Bible school. Knew the Lord at one time but lost his fire, lost his zeal. Quit serving the Lord. Maybe you've been wounded. Things happened in your life and you're not right. You just got hurt. Disappointment maybe. Just give your heart back to Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. Just trust Him. Maybe you just want to be assured of your salvation. The enemy comes and lies to you like Pastor Jack was talking about. You're supposed to see some big burning light. Maybe the enemy just lies to you that you're not saved, but you really have given your heart to Jesus. If you fit in any of those categories, number one, you want to give your heart to the Lord for the first time. You want to confess your sins and receive Jesus, the hope of glory, for the first time. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand up. Or secondly, you've received the Lord before, but you know you need to recommit your life. Don't wait! Don't play church! Don't play church! Don't do it! You need to recommit your life to the Lord on the count of three. I want you to slip your hand up. Or thirdly, you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. You fit in any of those categories. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Recommit your life or sell the farm. Or number three, be assured of your salvation. One, lift your hand. Two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Anybody else over on this side? God bless you. Those online, perhaps. All right, God bless you. I see those hands. Thank you. God bless you, sweetheart. Pray with me right out loud. Say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. And make me new. Set me on fire. Give me a hunger for your word. fellowship with other believers use me to fulfill the purpose for which I was created amen let me pray for you Holy Spirit I now touch break every bondage every chain every curse release your power God right now 
upon all of us here. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Jack, would you come? I'll pray for folks or however you want to do it, Pastor. We can call them up and you can pray for them. Or All right, good. You want to be prayed for? I'm in line right now. I'm first. Praise God. <laughs> if you want prayer uh, from Pastor, you just want you maybe you need to be healed, maybe you need to be filled. You just can come. He's going to pray and minister to folks, and uh, and you can come and receive right now. Just come to the front ushers. Would you come and help us? If you need to slip out, we're just going to sort of flow. And uh, if you need to slip out and head on home we understand that we love you we thank you for coming tonight would you put your hands together for jesus and for pastor jack amen you need healing right now you need to be filled with the spirit maybe just need a word from the lord want to be encouraged and strengthened in your faith just come it's going to pray and uh and we'll continue to worship would you minister father i thank you that your word is true and we pray that the power of God just fall on these that have come for prayer tonight and every every desire of their heart will be fulfilled. I pray.